Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 612 on this Wednesday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. So blurring the lines here between virtual and reality, there is a device out. It's called the Kissinger. What do you think that does? Something with kissing? Uh, yeah. You know because you've seen it already. <laughs> it's a pair of electronic lips that connects to your phone. Excuse me? <laughs> so it's like plasticky moving lips. Yeah. All right. Today's show in Australia, they had video of this thing. Well, a fake mouth that lets you kiss your partner from anywhere in the world has gone viral. Oh, my God. The device has a moving silicon mouthpiece, which allows you to kiss your partner remotely. Senses within the fake (laughs) mouth mimic the pressure, movement, and (laughs) of a real kiss. Ew, that is terrifying. It's real weird looking, as you can imagine. (laughs) And it's like a pair of lips, and it's like machine, and it... You're supposed so to put your phone in, like, plug it into your phone, and it holds the phone, like, at eye level. So you're supposed to call your significant other or whatever, or like, FaceTime. FaceTime them, right? And then, like, make out with, with this. Okay, well, so then when I move my lips a certain way, my wife will feel those same lip movements? Allegedly. What if, what if I use my tongue? Is there a tongue feature? <laughs> <laughs> you went right there. I was just asking. I don't think there was a robo-tongue. I mean, you... well, it would be for a significant other, right? Not like a a mother or well, something like that. <laughs> that's how it will be marketed. But <laughs> just asking, it's going immediately like right there, all... Oedipus. <laughs> what right. the heck? Wait, come on, now. Don't, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> well, significant other or uh, someone you wish were your significant other, okay. but I guess you need the human. You need somebody else on the other end. Sure, that's the thing. Unless you, unless it's like a video game. Do you want to play two-player, or do you want to play the computer? Wow, okay. I didn't know where you were going there. <laughs> video game. And it just has a menu <laughs> of avatars to make out with. How does it sound? Does it sound like this? Like... Like, what does it sound what, like? What is that? <laughs> it's a machine. That's not it's what a, it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like a Roomba. Well, maybe it's like real mechanical. <laughs> that, that's that romantic. Pretty unsexy. <laughs> this actually has a soundtrack that goes... You know. <laughs> Why does it always I have to, it. Yeah. Why does it have to be super sexy stuff? Why can't it just know. be more loving kissing? I don't think this is for a kiss on the forehead. You know, this is, you're supposed to like make out with this thing. That's G mode. What if it has the like, PG mode and the X mode? Oh. If it has like actual sound, like different modes, like slobber mode. Oh my god! What if you forget to turn it off? You look at it, will it start moving? Like if it's sitting on the table, or you forget you had it on, you take your phone to work. <laughs> your phone? What's making that noise? <laughs> That's just my significant other still kissing the phone. Wow. Right. <laughs> Imagine also, butt dialing someone with that. <laughs> Should we order it? <laughs> what? How to do you do put what that with? on the expense <laughs> report, Eric? <laughs> and does it matter who you're kissing? Is that considered cheating? Well, don't they have to have the other side as well? So you yeah. have to actually buy like a set. No, sure, you're right. Theoretically. You and your partner both need the Kissinger in order to make it work in its full glory. So I had that Today Show cut 
the Australian Today Show. There was further reaction. That's science. I'm willing to give it a go, though. <laughs> okay, so to gross. Wait. I'm in. I went off my breath. <laughs> I love that sort of stuff. I love that sort of stuff. <laughs> what sort of stuff? All right, they're back off there, Bucky. I mean, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Like, what else you got at your house, guy? <laughs> Mechanical lips. He's got a room. Totally into that. It's called the Kissinger. If you sit at the workstation here, just memo to my teammates uh, that I was at this morning, do not be creeped out by the search history. I was trying to find out how do you buy this thing. Yeah. It's not easy to find for purchase. How much is it? Or is it like on a Kickstarter? I don't know. I could, like, Deb, I legit could not find it. Maybe it's a firewall situation here. Uh, That's probably best at work. Yeah, it's just as well. Wow. But uh, it's called the Kissinger, just in case you love that sort of stuff. I love that sort of stuff. <laughs> I call him Henry. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Stop me if you have heard this before. The Bucks win again. This time taking care of business on the road in Brooklyn to cut down the Nets 118 to 104 to secure their 15th straight victory. Back in action for the first time since last Friday, Giannis led the tra- charge, dropping 33 points and snagging 15 boards, including this poster. Pull up shot from Cam Johnson misses, and Giannis is there to sweep away the rebound. He wants more. He goes right back to the hole, and he sends it down. Oh, you did not. Giannis onto the Kumpo, serving up the facial right at you. Oh, my goodness. He went right into the face of Finney Smith and just absolutely abused him. <laughs> Dave, Dave came on the call right there. There was more w. and more at the end of that call. <laughs> absolutely I had abused to leave him. It to the end. He's, Dave came on the call there on W. He was offended by what happened. <laughs> The Bucks trailed most of the first half in part due to some unforced turnovers and after a few times trailed by double digits but going in late in the third quarter. After the game, head coach Mike Boonholzer on what the team needs to do going forward despite the winning streak. Uh, we got to take care of the ball is one big thing. That's, you know, we've, we've had too many games and too many stretches where um, you know, we haven't been good about taking care of the ball. and you know, we, We've got to make that trend in a better direction. And I think the pace we're playing at, you know, I think getting to the basket, spacing, then offensive rebounding, just all the kind of fundamental stuff you've got to do to be good uh, and to be efficient offensively. This is just the fourth time in franchise history the Bucks finish a month with a perfect record. Quick turnaround for the best team in the NBA, however, as they are back at it tonight at home against Orlando. You can catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 6.30. And to the NFL, as all eyes remain on the Green Bay Packers and their four-time MVP, Packers general manager Brian Gunnikin spoke to the media on Tuesday at the NFL Combine about where the situation currently lies in Titletown. Before we get started here, I know there'll be a lot of questions about Aaron. Um, just so you guys know, we haven't really had those conversations yet, so not, not a lot to report um, until we have those conversations. But with that, I'll take some questions. Goody was also asked if the Yeah, I got a question. <laughs> Between the two sides have changed over the course of the two months. Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, those com- our feelings haven't changed about Aaron, um, but we we need to have some of those conversations about our team, where it's going, uh, where he's at. Um, you know, before we go forward. No feelings have changed. However, with everyone in the world curious about. The quarterback's future, when does Gunnikins expect an answer from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, you know, we're going through our process as normal. Um, so, obviously, free agency's coming up here. That's an important, uh, you know, part of what we're doing. So, it'd be nice to have some answers before then. But uh, until we have any conversations, we're, we're still in a good spot. The NFL New League year begins on March 15th as quarterback watch shall continue for now in Green Bay. Stop sending me stuff on the text line about the app kisser. 
<laughs> Stop. I, I don't want to see it. I don't Leg- want links. Legitimate question is, <laughs> I have a legitimate question. Is that cheating if you are kissing someone who's not your significant other on the, uh, yes. the yes. cell phone yes. app? Absolutely. Don't, 100%. Try this. Imagine yourself in that argument. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just friends. No. I didn't do anything. And then... It's just a piece of machinery on my phone. Carry that out to its, its plausible <laughs> conclusion. 621 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Our Greg Matzik is in Arizona for Brewer Spring training, following the crew during the regular season. You know, travel, it's always an issue. They talk about the long road trips or going from this city to that. Travel can be rigorous and taxing on the road team, but... A little bit different in the Cactus League, where this afternoon the Brewers head to Tempe to take on the Los Angeles Angels. Tempe, just about 25 minutes from Maryvale. Since 2010, Major League teams have been equally divided between Arizona and Florida for spring training. 15 teams in the Cactus League, 15 teams in the Grapefruit League. But which is more desirable? Several members of the Brewers have participated in both. Wade Miley has a clear-cut winner. I would probably lean toward Florida just because it's a little closer. And being as, as a starting pitcher, you know, we don't have to travel too, too much. Well, the longest drive in the Cactus League is about an hour from Mesa to Surprise. In the Grapefruit League, triple it. You know, if you're going uh, Jupiter to, like, Lakeland or you're going to one of those Tampa teams, you have, like, a, a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive. So, you know, sometimes you have to stay overnight or you commute that. So um, that can be tough. That's former Miami Marlin Brian Anderson, and he's not lying. It's over 200 miles from the Marlins spring training home to the Blue Jays spring training home. That's like driving from Milwaukee to La Crosse and back. Willie Adamas prefers the quick trips in the desert. You're back on your couch by 5 o'clock? Yep. By f- what? <laughs> by 3.30. By 3.30. Three three <laughs> yeah. Like yesterday I played five innings and I was home like at 3.10. I have time to take a nap, then have a nice dinner, whatever, you know, chill, watch Netflix. You have time for everything. There's also the matter of the weather. Dry heat in Arizona, humidity in Florida. Heat humidity, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The dryness. Finger, my hands crack, everything cuts up, but uh, I like humidity. Does your stuff work better in the. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah? Yeah. My body feels good whenever you know you have that, that warm, kind of humid air, but at the same point, the ball doesn't fly as well. So, as a hitter, I definitely <laughs> love the air here. You know, the ball flies a lot better. Oh, it's been cold in, in Arizona this year. Yeah. It's been really cold. But see, playing in the cool weather here it gets you ready for opening day at Wrigley Field. Uh, it's going to be like 30 uh, then. Right? No, yeah, I know. It's been cold this year, though. It's been really cold. <laughs> but it's getting me ready for definitely for Chicago. And then there are the things players like to do to get away from the game. Advantage Florida for Miley. And I love to fish. That's the main thing. I mean, there's ponds everywhere out there. So Not a lot of fishing in Arizona, is there? You've got to go looking for it. Yeah, you got to go looking for it. <laughs> Basically, it boils down to three things. Time on the road, weather, and hobbies. And if you're still undecided... Just ask Rowdy Tellez. Florida spring training or Arizona spring training? What's better? Arizona. Why? Because it is. With the Brewers in Arizona, Greg Matzik, WTMJ Sports. Because it is. Brewers and Angels from Arizona this afternoon. News about your money this morning in the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Dow Jones Industrial Average down more than 230 points on Tuesday to 32,657. The Nasdaq finished at 11,456. S&P 500 down as well. Stock 12 to 3970. Annex Wealth Management, know the difference.
March 1st, and a special day of programming ahead here on Wisconsin's radio station. Annex Wealth Management presents WTMJ Conversations 2023. It's sponsored by Smart Spaces. So what happens today, Eric? Long-form conversation with notables, movers and shakers, and newsmakers of the Southeast Wisconsin variety. A long-time tradition. It's had a few different ideations and branding or whatever, but uh, here at WTMJ, what you like to do is create an event in a day where some of the big key folks, like, you can't not be on this today. (laughs) So you say, like, look, whoever the governor is, governor's got to come. Right. And a couple of area lawmakers, I believe we had the Got Speaker the of Wisconsin Speaker. State Assembly, yep, yep. Uh, Majority Leader Lem- Lemahue also. Uh, just Robin Voss today. Oh, just Voss? Okay. Yep. Well, he pulls all the levers anyway, so mm-hmm. he'll take care of that. And, and the uh, two candidates running for state Supreme Court, but then also not just political stuff, too. I mean, there's there's always a space for that, for the, the political wonk, yeah. if you will. But there's also a lot of people that have other th- thoughts and interests as well, and we got those too. We kind of wanted to reach into the community and talk to some different folks. I'm excited. I'm going to introduce you to Matt Rinka. His company is, well, called Rinka. Mm-hmm. They're an architecture, broad-based architecture design firm. They do a lot of the buildings that you may recognize downtown, the Couture that's going up right now on the lakefront. But before that, the Modern, that's right near the Deer District. Yep, yep. The Michaels Building, that's just south of the High Rise Bridge. So you see that when you drive by it. They designed Drexel Town Square. So kind of talk about the the residential places that they're designing both high rises and little mini neighborhoods but then also like what is the future of the downtown office are we gonna have more skyscrapers what's our skyline look like in 10 years so that's at 8 a it starts at 8 a runs all day today we're throwing out the clock so a little bit of long form conversation which is always great you want to have more time let things breathe right yeah and then you mentioned kind of reaching into the community in different places That's uh, Broadway actor and a local performing artist, Andrew Varela. He and his wife, Susan, they actually met while in a Broadway touring show. Very nice. Susan Spencer. Spencer, her maiden name. She's from Greendale, Wisconsin. She's a theater kid right here in our community. Made it on Broadway. Now she and her husband, Andrew, are part of the theater scene here in Milwaukee. We're going to have them at 8.30 this morning. Are they performing? They're not scheduled to perform. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to tell. Well, Andrew would. Sing me a little song. He all right. He may break into song unprompted. So, (laughs) and Susan is now the interim director, uh, interim executive director at Skylight Music Theater. So, um, I'm interested to see how she's transitioned from performing to now going into the important roles of keeping one of our great, you know, cornerstone theater operations up and running, and what that looks like here post COVID. We'll dive into just sort of the health of the arts community right now in Milwaukee. So that's our 8:30 segment. So we have all I did my that job. That's me. I filled more. my hour. So, but and then it runs again. And we're even going to be in Arizona. Greg Matzik is in Arizona this week, so we're going to hear he's sitting down with Matt Arnold, the new GM. He also sits awesome. down with uh, fellow diabetic Garrett Mitchell, my diabetic brother. So he and I, of course, have a relationship because of yes. Well. <laughs> I bet he reached he knows, out, but yeah. anyway, the outfielder is going to join Greg as well later on today on the program. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a fun day. The clock gets thrown out. The shows are a little bit different today, sounding a little bit different, but all all for the information and for the newsmakers that we have right here in Wisconsin. Annex Wealth Management presents WTMJ Conversations 2023, sponsored by Smart Spaces. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Marky Bucks win their 15th straight game and go undefeated in the month of February. This time, taking their show on the road to take care of the Brooklyn Nets by a final score of 118-104. to Giannis, who was back in action, led all scoring with 33 points and grabbed 15 rebounds. Chris Middleton also added 18. 
The Bucks now look for 16 in a row as they get set to host the Orlando Magic tonight. You can catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 6.30. The Milwaukee Brewers were back on the diamond Tuesday in another Cactus League matchup, this time defeating the Chicago Cubs by a final score of 6-3. to Former MVP Christian Yelich made his spring training appearance and went 1-3 for three with a double. And for the first time in program history, the Marquette Golden Eagles are outright Big East champs as they defeat Butler on the road 72-56. to The Golden Eagles wrap up the regular season this Saturday when St. John's comes to town. Tip-off is set for 1 p.m. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. Packers general manager Brian Gunnikin spoke to the media yesterday during the NFL Combine since the sudden end of the season for the Packers, who finished 8-9, and nine, didn't make the playoffs. This is the first time we have heard extensively from Goody, and to me, a clear message was sent to Packer Nation. It's time to move on. And yes, I know he didn't say those exact words. However, to me, listening to him talk yesterday, the most important thing he said on Tuesday was what he didn't say. Not once did he mention he wants Rodgers back in Green Bay, as he has said numerous times in the past, most recently actually coming in December. In fact, he mentioned multiple times he believes former first-round draft pick Jordan Love needs to play, as well as describing the excitement centered around the young quarterback. So what could the Packers do with Aaron Rodgers? Kunikens labeled the situation as all options that could be in play, and what are those options exactly? Well, a trade, he could retire, maybe he's possibly back in Green Bay. Whatever the situation is, Rodgers has made it clear. If he comes back, he wants his guys back. And he wants to continue to do things his way. In my opinion, the Packers and most notably Brian Gunnikins are ready to move on from their veteran cornerback more than they ever have before. You don't believe me? You can just ask his teammates, his coaches, or heck, even ask Darius Slay from the Philadelphia Eagles who had high praise for the quarterback following their Week 12 matchup. Not only are the Packers brass ready to move on from Rodgers, they are more excited about their future than ever before, even if they won't come out and say it. And they should feel that way. Jordan Love absolutely looks ready to play. If you're the Packers, you drafted Jordan Love for a reason. Let this offseason be your reason to usher in a new era in Titletown. Six fifty-three on Wisconsin's morning news. Doctor Ken Harris, our teammate from one hundred one seven The Truth, joins us Wednesdays at this time. I'm glad you're here today because we had another story about a fight in Wauwatosa schools, where I am a proud graduate, Tosa East kid. Uh, the most recent story, Doctor Ken, is uh, somebody tangled with a school resource officer, an adult who had come to school to try to solve a beef with a student. Wow! And that happened. And I wanted to ask you about because I'm getting pushback for to some degree, even talking about this, but also for having posted the video of a fight in the hallways at Tosa East. That was about two weeks ago. So first off, adults coming to school to mess with kids, I don't want to say it's a new thing, but it's happening more. What's the story there? Well, if you think about it, first of all, thanks for having me. When when you really think about the fact that adults aren't that far older than their children. In some cases, yeah, right. You have the same mindset. And so we have adults who who clearly aren't thinking straight, who come to a school who don't understand that if you fight with a child, it's a felony. It's physical abuse to a child. And so how how do you reconcile? How do you even reconcile going to school to fight a battle for your kid? But here's the weird thing about it. When was the last time you heard about fighting MPS? It's a good question. I don't know. He like 
Anything come up in the news recently? I can't recall of one right. that stands out for sure. There must be no fighting at MPS. Maybe they're just not going to school. I, w- I wish you could see. The, I wish you could see the look Ken just gave me. <laughs> Maybe they're just not going to school. I don't know. But but in, in all seriousness, I think there's something about suburban schools that is causing that. I'm, I'm hearing that even in the Chicago area mm-hmm. that there are fights in suburban schools, but you don't really hear it in these in these big cities. So the implication that I've gotten from some African-American acquaintances and then some people I don't even know on social media is that I ought not have posted the video at Tosa East because it involved all African-Americans, including an adult. Right. And that the the accusation sort of levied against me both overtly and in sort of subtle terms is, well, Mm -hmm. It was racist of you to even post that video because you're just stirring up these feelings, these anti-black feelings that this is a suburban school and this is where these young people don't belong. And I would defend my position to to, to post it. But nonetheless, what do you make of that reaction that I'm getting? Knowing of your journalistic background and <clears throat> being old enough to have I'm asking you to get, yes, yeah. give me a pass, Ken, but I'm not I asking think, you to do that. I well, just I it, want it's, your it's, honest reflection. It's really not about a pass. It's about being consistent. If there's a fight that breaks out and it's all white kids and you show it, it's consistent. I think the consistency has been there over the years. I think that people are hypersensitive. And to be honest with you, we've had enough every time something happens with black people, they show it. But I know of the same things that happen with white people that they don't show it. Mm -hmm. Perfect example is last year, year before last, there were like 400 and some odd police officer related shootings of African-Americans where they didn't die, but there were 600 whites that were shot. We never see that. And that goes back to who, who controls the media, who's the executive producer, who, who's the gatekeeper to get, you know, what's on and what's not. And I think it's just, it's just rearing its ugly head where people are just getting tired of it. Well, and so what about the suburban schools? Because I grew up in Wauwatosa and I've told you this, uh, I'm, grateful for the fact that limited as it were in the you know late 70s mm-hmm. early 80s that we did have deliberate integration of our schools there was never a time when i did not have black classmates black teammates black friends from 4k on and i was grateful for that and i looked right. at tosa as a model of could this teach us if we if we learn to go to school together and it's no difference to me do we ultimately learn to live together and tosa for all its struggles has yep. grown in its diversity even residentially yes it has they have their first black alderman you know sean Lowe. i i think what's happening is that we forgot that a generation changed and mm-hmm. we've just got a different generation that's there now you're right i hate to say it but but the millennial generation that younger millennial mm-hmm. generation is completely different it's like having two generations in one and so you have one that are on it school blowing up the world technology killing it don't care about race don't care about gender we're gonna get it these are my friends and then yeah. you have that younger group that's just like every little word just causes a blow up. And so when parents are connected to that, that's what you get. Now, how do we mess them up? Because <laughs> kids develop how we raise them, right? Well, I heard that some, some, a friend of mine who's Gen X told me that they treat their kids that way because that's how we treated them. And I told her straight, that's a lie. Mm. We never treated our boomers never treated their kids like that. That's a Gen X phenomenon that they have to fix. 
Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate at 1017 The Truth. Always good to see you, sir. Absolutely.